0: Peak City Midweek. Here we are again. Good. Today we're joined. Joseph and I are now regulars on this on this show. You are. Hello. Uh, we'll we'll link it in the show notes. I'm gonna keep saying that until <laughs> we have show notes. But we're joined <laughs> today to by our executive notes. pastor, us. Derek Purvis. What's up? What's up? Good morning Good or afternoon, you, whatever, whenever yeah. you're listening or watching. <laughs> the thing we're gonna start off talking about today. Well, let's let's reset. We're on, we're only on episode three now. Yep. I we can't so. yeah. assume that everyone that's listening always knows what we're talking about or why we're doing this. Yeah. The goal of this is to have raw conversations that help you follow Jesus. So we just talk about real stuff that's going on. Mm-hmm. Sometimes it's attached to the sermon from the previous week. Yeah. Sometimes it's not. You never know. Um, Peak City midweek. So thanks for tuning in. Glad to have you guys. Um, before we jump into the heavy stuff, I do find it hilarious That we live in the Olympic City. Colorado Springs. The nickname is the Olympic City. Yeah.
1: Oh, that's right. Oh, it is. It is. Olympic
0: training grounds. People come here because they can't breathe. Yes. So they train here to condition their lungs. The Olympics are happening right now. Yes. And no one cares. I'm not watching.
1: I haven't heard much
2: about it. Have you guys watched it? Have have we seen anything? Everything I've seen or watched has been like somehow posted somewhere else as a clip. And usually it's memes. I'm not gonna lie. Yeah. Like I'm not getting the news. Like I right. heard about the gal who unfortunately like fell and it was like really embarrassing. I think she was um she represented China and it was like all over the internet. Didn't even hear it.
0: Yeah, yeah I was gonna say, say I don't even know. I would just so. like to public publicly call out my wife if she's listening to this. <laughs> that she is an avid Olympics fan. She talks about how much she loves the Olympics. Every time makes a big deal of the Olympics. And guess what? I don't think she knows that the Olympics are on.
2: Yeah. I actually didn't know. I, I was I think the ceremony had happened, and then I was like, "Is this like last Olympics, like four years ago? Like See, what's happening?" Here's the
0: thing: I think, and I think what the yeah, Olympic what fans i think the, the Olympic fans are watching will say this. This is my theory as to what they will combat me with. They will say that COVID, you know, COVID delayed the Summer Olympics. Sure. Yeah. And so this oh, yeah. this year is actually the yep. it's when it's supposed to happen. Yeah. But it, there hasn't been a long enough break between the Summer Olympics and the Winter Olympics. People aren't ready for it. So, they're gonna say it threw their rhythms off. And I'm gonna say, if you're an avid Olympics fan, the rhythms should not matter. Uh, yeah. You should I, understand, yeah. people have been training for this. Yeah. Calling uh, Brittany, you res- have been called out. Respect your country, respect we, your Olympians. We started to watch the opening
1: ceremonies the other day because we just happened to flip the TV on. I was like, oh, opening ceremonies. And my youngest, who's 10, Rosie, was like, is this all they do is walk in? Like, <laughs> we watched like 40 minutes of just that people is- walking, holding up their, their flag, you know, and it was like, this is not. I've watched Brittany
0: weep when that ceremony happens when see, I they're walking in. I'm I like, Oof. I don't get that. So she's, I, she bowed about it. That's, I think, that's I think in some regards, Like when we were kids, yep. that's when the world came
1: together. But now we're so connected. Like mm-hmm. really, see, that's what I was going to say. Really, I mean, is it is it that
2: big a deal to go? Oh yeah, the the world's coming together. Like
1: we we yeah. see it all the time.
2: But. Well, and I feel like the timing couldn't be worse because I'm I am an NFL guy. Mm-hmm. But again, the fact that the Bengals are in and all that has happened, like right. I'm, I'm more interested in articles about what might happen in the Super Bowl, right? Than I am about what's actually happening in the Olympics. And I'm not going to watch it. Like the Super Bowl is a Sunday, you know? No, we're not going to watch it. So, anyways, if I agree with your theory. If you're That's an Olympics fan,
0: we love you. It. If you're an Olympic athlete, and you're watching Jesus loves us, you. We love you.
1: Yeah, and also give us an update. We're not sure what's going
2: on. I'm
0: so not sure what's let going on.
1: Yeah, let message us, know us
2: going if you're watching. And if you know how to do show notes, also message us. And yes,
0: me. <laughs> we'll link it in the show notes once those get out. <laughs> This is the running joke of peaksy to midweek is we we always talk about show notes and we never have. It's in the show notes. It's in the show notes. Um, This week we're going to talk about uh, some of the themes that were hit on in our most recent sermon from our guest preacher Jody Hickerson. She was incredible. Yeah. Um, she talked a lot about how, you know, the world tends to exclude people. Jesus included people. Yep. The church has been notorious for excluding people. Jesus, though, you know, we read the story of the woman at the well where Jesus went out of his way to go through Samaria, Samaria yeah. to a place where he shouldn't have gone to speak with someone he shouldn't have spoke with, yep. according yep. to religious standards. Um, she was out, but Jesus included her. She was in. So what has been your all's experience with, um, well, one, did, did, you know, did you ever feel that way? Have you ever felt that way in church where you've been sure. excluded? Or what has been your experience of what you've seen the church do in terms of excluding people, making people feel like they're not in with Jesus?
2: Yeah, I um, my experience was, uh, and I'll leave the denomination unnamed. Um, was they were <laughs>
0: no denoms? Yeah,
2: they were they were um, notorious for um, excluding mm-hmm. people, especially once you got outside of some of the what i would now term as opinions Mm -hmm. you know it was about jesus like it wasn't like jesus is an angel or son of god or anything like that um it was more like um you know we believe in grace and grace is all there is and i'm like cool like i get that but i want to know like what do i how do i then know god more so i could follow him better Mm -hmm. and and my story if you happen to see one of their podcasts i talk about how like my my story was like I learned how to parrot other people's beliefs, which totally was was good for me at the time. And then I kind of got into this thing of like hidden knowledge that like somehow at, you know, what was I probably 25? Like I was unpacking the Bible in a way no one had ever done before in learning all these secret truths. And when I I remember going through that phase and suddenly like I was the outcast, like, Mm -hmm. Oh, this guy is going to rip our church apart because he's saying all this true stuff. And again, to be blunt, I wasn't talking about like Jesus wasn't God. It was like, like, Holy Spirit or other things like that. That like, well, how does how does he actually act in our lives? Are there gifts today or miracles today? And I was like, you know, yes and amen. And they were like, to use this term now, they were like, you know, you're too much. Mm. Like we need you to not do that. You're out. Yeah. And I mean, literally, I ended up having to leave that church when I was in my early 20s for that reason because it was like you don't belong here. Yeah. We don't want you here. Yeah. And I remember being like, huh,
0: that's that that's how
2: exclusive
0: the church is. The church will tell people that do believe but they just don't believe it exactly the way that they Exactly. Right. Right. They, exactly. Out. right. Exactly. Right. Yeah. Exactly. And my this point. is why we have a hundred bajillion denominations. Yep. Yep. That's exactly what I'm talking about. to say, no, 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 We got it. <laughs> yeah. And if you're not exactly like us. Yeah. You're out.
1: You're
2: out. Yeah. 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 That was my story, man. <laughs> yeah.
1: You know, I think much like lower, de- like lower uh, denominator in there for me, like early on going to church, I tell this story at culture class all the time when I first started going to church, I was 17 and people always asked me if I'd been baptized and mm-hmm. I didn't really understand it. I didn't really know what it was or what it meant. So I just lied and said, yes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so they would leave me alone. It would be like, yeah, yeah leave me alone. I've been baptized, you know, like, yeah. but I mean, like, like almost putting and I don't think they meant it this way, but it came across this way. Like mm-hmm. this is a standard baptism. Like in, in, if you're not, you're not in like in, mm-hmm. and, and uh. without explaining what it was, it like, <laughs> I don't know, somehow coerced me to like lie about it and say, Mm. yeah, I've been baptized. So I'm in. And finally I had a guy say, tell me your story of baptism. And I was just caught, you know what I mean? Like, and he was, he was doing it the right way to try to go, Hey, I don't think you understand this. Let's talk about it. Mm. Um, But just all the different things that we do, some of it is, some of it is biblical. Some of it is just tradition. All these different things we put out there can make it feel like, man, if you don't fully understand, I had a gal recently (laughs) was asking me about Old Testament, New Testament, had no idea what the difference was, what they meant. Mm-hmm. And she just said, I just feel so stupid for not knowing this stuff. I'm like, mm-hmm. don't, <laughs> like, yeah, that's absolutely. okay. So I think even knowledge is something too, that it's <laughs> like, I'm an outsider, cause I don't get it, you know? And and there's a lot of reasons that we can feel like we're on the outside for sure. Absolutely. Yeah.
0: It, it, it always surprises me um, when I think about, you know, we talk about this big word, gospel. -hmm. Right, we say it's Mm -hmm. at the center of everything we do. The good news of Jesus that Jesus died on the cross for the forgiveness of our sins so that we could be saved. He resurrected from the grave so that we could have new life, so that we could have his Holy Spirit with us, so that we could walk with him and know that he's not dead, he's alive, he's active in our lives, all that stuff. Right, that the gospel you don't have to be a good person for God to love you. Right, and the gospel is we are more sinful and flawed than we ever dared to imagine. But in Christ, we're more loved and accepted than we could ever imagine, yep. right? That gospel, <laughs> it's amazing to me that people hear that gospel and they go, yeah, but if you don't live the exact way right. that we think you should live, yeah, but if you don't believe the exact small doctrines that we believe, you're out. It's, it's almost like people are, uh, and I think this is where it's born, is that churches are just so afraid of being wrong right? and so afraid of like, of God almost. I mean, Mm -hmm. it feels like a fear-based, like if you don't dress like we dress, talk like we talk, act like we act, believe like we believe to every single letter of it, that God isn't going to love you. I'm like, but wait a minute. What about the thing that you preach every week? Right. You preach that... Exactly. That there's no sin that God can't forgive. That his love never ends. That there's nothing you do, no height nor depth, nothing that could separate you from the love of God. But yet, you act so fearful. It's like, and, And I get it. There is a place for... Um, standards and there's a place for truth, and we obviously yeah. want to. We don't want to be wrong. We don't want to purport anything that's wrong. But when you get down to it, in the New Testament, it seems like the only things that we like have to make sure that everyone's clear on is that Jesus was God in the flesh, and that right. the only way we are saved is through putting our faith in Him yeah. and what He's done, what He did for us on the cross. Past yeah. that, I'm like, I mean, y'all want to talk about baptism and communion and. This and that and once saved, always saved. All these little doctrines. like, man, y'all don't know. Right. We got, you think we got, you know. We got theologians for the past 2,000 years have been disagreeing right. on this stuff. And they're smart. They're wicked smart. And right. they
2: spend a ridiculous amount of time
0: yeah. studying. Yeah. Like, bro, when you got people that spent thousands of hours studying. Literally. And they still disagree. But we think that we're going to come in here and just go, well, I know.
2: Right. Bro, at 24, I was figuring it out. Yeah, what yeah. you?
0: <laughs> it, exactly. it, it just boggles my mind how churches get in that position. But I do think it does yeah, come back to… Good. Like most issues in the church, it comes back to a lack of understanding of the gospel, right? And, and applying that to every sphere of our lives. Like we got people at Peak City, and some of y'all listen to it right now. We got people in this room right now with us. There's some of us, like, yeah. come on, we all got issues in our lives, right? Absolutely. We got people at Peak City that have that are working through issues that other churches would say you're out. Yeah. You can't be part of our church because you're dealing with this issue. Yep, sexuality. Um, uh marriage yeah, and relationship yeah. divorce issues gender exactly. issues all kinds of issues that the church would say you're out and i just go man the gospel would say you're not out right I feel like everything jesus did would say you're not out right
2: i want to take us back real quick cuz i want to ask you guys a question i'm curious what your thoughts are on this cuz i love what you're saying and i want to pinpoint like for me and if you're listening right now like hold on to your seats or steering wheels or whatever you're doing cuz you might be like oh my gosh but don't judge me until you hear the rest of this. I found that your beliefs evolve. Mm. Like my story is proof of that. And by that, I don't mean like Jesus is God is not God. Mm-hmm. Everything you talked about PD, mm-hmm. where at some time I was like, maybe you do have to be baptized. Mm-hmm. And then you come to like, Oh, I'm, I don't think that's right. Mm-hmm. Oh, maybe you do it. And then you've mm, they're still disagreeing on that on a mm-hmm. deep level. And these theologians are now 80 and 90 and started studying when they're 20. Mm-hmm. And, For me, I found there are certain things, like you said, that need to stay. Mm -hmm. But I was curious. For me, I think that your beliefs might evolve over time. Mm -hmm. Like, might have changed based on my family needs and certain things I realize don't fit anymore. Mm -hmm. You know, maybe I'm being too judgmental or something like that. So I wanted to ask you guys: like, when you hear that, like, maybe your beliefs evolve outside of like the the major ones. Like, how does that make you feel? Like, does that make you uneasy if you're like? What do you mean, evolve? Well, yeah,
0: it makes me uneasy, but only because I've been taught that they're not supposed to. Right. <laughs> that's what you I'm getting yeah, at. Yeah. So was I. Yeah. I mean, you've been taught that you you learn your beliefs, and you, you accept your systematic theology, and then you're done. Right. Yeah. And you never budge. Right.
2: Yeah. Yeah. And but see, I could see how that leads to like, hey, now that you believe what you believe, you're not in. Oh, for sure. Yeah. 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 Well, I, you know, I think
1: that's when you have little kids, you know, they see the world as black and white. Mm -hmm. There's good guys and there's bad guys. I'm a good guy. there are people, you know, all all that. And I think we, we look at scripture and beliefs that way. It's like Mm -hmm. black and white. But if you look at Jesus and they say, anytime anybody asks Jesus a question, it's like, Mm -hmm. who's your neighbor? And he goes, let me tell you a story about a donkey and a guy getting beat up. Mm -hmm. And like, like, he doesn't answer things black and white. And I think you begin to get more comfortable as your relationship with God matures Mm -hmm. and not having answers. You know what I mean? Like, and not having answers, you know, I've come to you before and said, Hey, I'm not sure what what we believe here, but Mm -hmm. I'm struggling with my belief in this certain area of how the church treats this people group or, you know, whatever that may be. And it doesn't, doesn't make me throw the baby out with the (laughs) bathwater. It's like, (laughs) I, I'm just not sure, you know, and that's okay. But I, yeah. I am sure of my relationship with God and I'm walking with him daily. And you begin to get more comfort in that because yeah. you see him revealing himself even in your uncertainty kind of thing. Well,
0: our beliefs are not, our our faith is not a house of cards, but that's right. how it's been treated. Right. And, and that and it, creates that, oh my gosh. right? That's the fear. The fear I, is, I have to, hold you know, we said this on the last episode a little bit, but like the fear is if you give up the belief in a, in a literal seven day creation,
2: Exactly. Great. Then point.
0: that's the house of cards. has gone. Yeah. It's all going to start to crumble. Now you right. should
2: question everything. Right. Right. Yeah. And, and, that's not and this ta- is why so many people true. have
0: walked away from church. We got people coming back to church right now that yeah. they they walked away from it because they got to a place in their life where they started questioning. Yep. You know, macro evolution, micro evolution whatever the right. whatever it was that caused them to go. Oh man, I've been taught this. If that's not true, then all of it must not be true. I'm walking away. But this is why, like, I'm yep. I'm trying so hard in my own family to kind of reverse that. That belief. Uh, on the way home from church two weeks ago, I was grabbing McDonald's with my boys. Uh, it was just my two sons in the car, ten year old and seven year old. And uh, Solomon, my seven year old, out of nowhere, he was like, "Dad, how do you know that Jesus is real?" And I was like, "All right, here we go." Seven year old asking big questions. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm like, "This is where it starts. Like, this is the yeah. foundation you have to lay." And it's like, "Man, I got to get them to see." And so, you know, i I, got, I just got done preaching, so I was in preaching mode, anyways. But. <laughs> Look, sit down. I got you. Struck yeah, the time right. I was like, "Hey, man, you guys need to know, and you're going to hear me say this a lot: is that our faith is not a fairy tale. Yeah. The reason we believe in Jesus is because He died on the cross. We have hundreds of eyewitnesses. We have historical documents. Like the reason you believe that George Washington was the first president of the United States, right, is because we have historical documents that pass down that truth to us, and we believe it, and we don't question it. We have historical documents that say there are hundreds of eyewitnesses. Many of yeah. them were mentioned by name." that they saw a man dead on a cross, they saw him alive again three days later. You so have the wild. disciples who were cowards, ran away the, the minute Jesus died. Mm-hmm. Then months later, they turned into fearless preachers. How do you explain cowards turned into fearless preachers that were willing to lose their life for it? Right. They saw a man dead on a cross, they saw a man alive three days later, and that changed everything. And guys, Damn. and I told almost like, boys, that is our faith. At the end of the day, there's a whole bunch of other stuff to figure out in life. You will have all kinds of other questions. At the end of the day, if Jesus did not raise from the dead, this whole thing is right. is a fairy tale. Right. But it's not, and we can believe that. And they're like, "Okay, cool, Dad, can you turn on the music?" am like, <laughs> "Yeah, like, can I get the Tempest Nugget?" Now? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, like, like they, they don't care. Like, they didn't care that much. But I'm like, yeah. I'm gonna I'm gonna drill this into them. Sure, yeah. At the absolutely. end of the day, that is it. That's the reason our crowd goes nuts right. when they sing about the resurrection. Well, and yes.
1: and Here's what's crazy because one, I think I'm learning this as I get older, but two, watching my kids get older. Mm-hmm. They challenge themselves in that. So you talk about the in and the out crowd. Mm -hmm. You said sexuality issues, marriage issues, gender issues. Those are the people that Jesus would invite to the party. For sure. When we actually spend time with those people, Mm -hmm. it does challenge our faith. Mm -hmm. I mean, it is hard when you go, man, this person is struggling, and I love that person so much. That challenges your faith, and that's where we have to really, really know and understand Mm -hmm. Jesus Wants those people included. Jesus Mm -hmm. wants them in, but there's another side to that too. Mm -hmm. Of hey, he does also challenge us to get better. Mm -hmm. Not just not just go, oh, you're struggling. That's okay. Mm -hmm. Let's stay there and let let me have empathy and sympathy for you. Mm -hmm. But the more you spend around folks that are struggling, Mm -hmm. it is a challenge to your faith. And that's where I think you have to understand being in and being included and accepted by Jesus is not the same as being held accountable and wanting in Jesus wanting you. To get better, and us challenging one another to get better, and yeah, so that's that's a that's a tension there, you know.
0: Yeah, there is no. So so when you're saying that, I I think the key to that is there is no us and them. Right. There's us. Bingo. We are all us. We are all like humanity together. Yep. We're all us. So like when we see someone who's struggling with some of the hot button issues that the church has been so bad at communicating with and and loving, really at the end of the day, the key is seeing they are not different. Right. Because all of us are accepted by God, loved by God. Jesus wants us to come to Him as we are. We're all in if we'll come to Him. Yeah. Comma and He loves us too much to leave us there. Yeah. Then He's he, got something to say to you. He's yeah. got something to say to us. Like, like yeah. the woman at the well we talked about yeah. when, when Jody was preaching. Like Jesus loved her and included her and said, also, your relationship issues, you gotta, you gotta yeah. figure this the out. Problem. Cause yeah. it's killing you. Yeah. You know? Like Jesus will change your life. And Absolutely. that's for all of us. It's not just the people that are struggling with sexuality, gender, relationship, drug abuse. It's all of us. We all got issues. Jesus yeah. loves us and includes us despite our issues. And he loves us too much to leave us unchanged. But I think, I think
1: that conviction, we need mm-hmm. some steel in our convictions. Yeah. And I think some folks avoid mm-hmm. those people with those problems because I don't know how to speak truth. I don't know how to love you and make you included and still challenge you Mm -hmm. and and make you better like Jesus would. And I don't know how to receive that either. So I think we avoid some of those relationships or we, we build our faith on the house of cards. Mm -hmm. So we, we stay away from them all because we know Mm -hmm. that the second we care about them and love them, Mm -hmm. if they blow on our faith, it's going to fall over and, you know, crumple. So there's Mm -hmm. a balance there. So how do you build that faith in that way that you're, you're confident in that and you're, you know you're in, but you know they're in, you know, you know, like that's a, that's a challenge. It is a challenge. Like a big
2: part of that challenge is, is getting to the place where I personally can say, I have a genuine belief, at least say in said moment, that anyone I run to could be in. Right. Like no one is too far. Yep. And to get to that place, like that's more than just reading a bumper sticker being like, oh, I read it. I think I believe it now. Like I found it to be really, good, but hard work Mm -hmm. to get to that point. uh, And a practical way I'm finding that to be true uh, where I'm working on it myself and my family is I have a a section of family who I do believe loves Jesus, knows Jesus, but won't celebrate holidays because of their view of the old Testament Mm -hmm. where they're like, well, you can't really do that. Like, cause part of the law, like, you know, would apply now. And I had a phase of, again, where I was like, well, maybe it does. But when I found out like what it was doing to my kids and some other stuff, I was like, "Mm, maybe this is not the best way. Mm -hmm. And I got to the point now where, um, I'm excited about this. Like we'll have, say Christmas is a mm-hmm. big thing, uh, especially like personally working in the church now, right? Like service. Yeah. And they could be like, well, we can't come because we think that associates Jesus with X. And my kids are like, well, dad, which is it? Mm-hmm. Like you say that, but we know they really mean it too. And, you know, my wife and I had to like go through these seasons where we, we've now landed on this idea of like, well, you know what, wherever they are, what if we just honored them? Like no judgment. We don't have to agree to go to their dinner. We don't have to agree to go to however they're going to choose to not, say, celebrate said thing. And we also don't need to make it weird that they won't come to ours. Mm-hmm. Like, we're going to love them best we can where they are. And we found that to be like being respectful. Mm-hmm. And like, I think you were get that, Derek. That's hard to do when you're like, you know, but my belief, if it feels like the house of cards, mm-hmm. and they're like, well, you know, I mean, if you're doing Christmas like that, sure. what does God think? Like, to say that doesn't roll around sometimes in the back of my head when I'm about to hit stage on Christmas Day, like, would be... Right. That's a very
0: interesting example because, uh, you know, we have a lot of relationships with people who are different than us Mm -hmm. that never come to the point of disagreements. Right. Mm -hmm. Like, the the disagreeing, like, hey, you believe this thing, you live this thing, you're different than me, let's talk about it. We have so many relationships that it never gets to that point. But in your situation with your kids, that's Mm -hmm. a direct, like, hey, so... I see it, yes. these, these family members doing this. Who's right? Right. You know, and that's a that's a beautiful point that I think every relationship should eventually get to mm-hmm. is like, hey, let's talk honestly and openly about this stuff. I think the, the, the thing that makes it super hard is the culture we live in right now. It is so uh, if you don't agree with me wholeheartedly, that equals you don't accept me and love me. Right. And so I think as Christians, we walk a very tight rope right now where we just have to ex- like you said uh, no judgment yeah no condemnation we're not making anyone feel less than however there will yeah. come a time where we do have to stand up and say I mean, this is what we believe i mean and jesus jesus is not here in bodily form right now so he has to use his followers to speak right. truth yes so that exactly. means there has to come a point where we're okay to say man i love you I accept you I'm with you, I'm for you. And I think that in love, God wants more for you. Right. In these areas. And I'm sure that there's things that you see in me that you don't think are good and honorable and healthy. And that I need to change. Absolutely. Yep. But we have to be able to get there. And that's a very that's
2: a very tight rope to walk because it requires us being willing to lose relationships. Right. That was the hardest part for me. Because yeah, yeah. again, just being so close with them. Mm-hmm. You're like. They actually might so not like what I'm about to say, yeah. even though I was doing it honoring and respectfully. That they're yeah. like peace. It's the great risk of love.
0: Mm-hmm. If you truly love someone, sure, you will love them enough to tell them hard things. Right. if you tell them hard things, you may lose them. Right. You may lose them as a friend. You may lose them as a as a close family exactly. a close family member. You. It's going to create something exactly. there. Exactly. But man, if you don't.
1: Yeah. Whew. But but you know, why, look at that Jesus story. Woman at the well. Yep. He went so far out of his way and out of the norm to acknowledge her that there was balance there to Mm -hmm. that accountability. And I think we have to do that because there there are people in my life, by the way, that aren't believers, Mm -hmm. that don't have those same practices that are harder Mm -hmm. to identify with. I have less in common with. So I have to go out of my way to build that relationship and do things that I wouldn't do with you guys. You know, like we 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 share a commonality of of Jesus. So A lot of where we start is in the same place. So yeah, yeah. May, establishing, man, I'm going to work harder mm-hmm. at these relationships. Um, I think that's important. Yeah. You know, you you work harder there so that <laughs> on the other side, when it comes around, you know, you can say say those things. Yeah. And, well,
2: and, and I want to go there, meaning we don't have to go far down this rabbit trail. But I know if you're listening right now, I'm expecting someone's going to be pretty triggered right now. But I think it's a good application of what we're talking about. I found when COVID happened, then the election was stolen or not stolen and vaccinations hit, mm-hmm. Christians, like we talked about the house of cards, like it got real because it was like, well, you don't believe that? Well, then, you know, whether it was or wasn't stolen, mm-hmm. whatever, the point is like, well, you're the you're the idiot. And it like got so personal. Oh, and it's yeah. like, I just wanted to have coffee. Mm-hmm. You know, I just wanted to, to go hang out. Well, we got to talk about this. I got to know that you're in with me, mm-hmm. that kind of thing. For sure. And it was like, you know, for anyone listening, this is what reason why I wanted to go there. Cause we're talking about being raw. Like, um, I'm not going to say whether that was right or wrong in terms of the belief, stolen, not stolen, vaccinated, not vaccinated. We're talking about the approach with people. Mm -hmm. That's what Jesus was talking about. Like, can you still sit down in disagreement and honor someone? Because I feel like, uh, to use a very specific term, like one of the biggest Christian ethics, like how do you operate in the world, is the honor and value of every individual life. Mm. So to get to the point where, like, my beliefs don't allow me to honor or love you anymore Mm. as a Christian— like, I think that's oh, wrong that's and that's where the challenge is. Yeah, that's you wild. Know?
0: Yeah, For I, real. I, I think if I, if I could just encourage anyone that, I mean, whether they're part of Peak City or they're just auditing this and trying to figure out who we are and what we're all about, whatever's brought you to Peak City midweek, I think that we have to get to a place where we are okay to engage in civil dialogue. Mm-hmm. Yes, and exactly. And that a disagreement in a belief or a viewpoint does not mean a lack of love and acceptance as a, as a person. Yeah. And I do see God, uh, you know, we've talked about that from stage before, like that that's the kind of church we want to be. We don't want to be a homogenous group of people that all think the same way, vote the same way, mm-hmm. come from the same socioeconomic brackets, all right. that stuff. It, it yeah. has to be a, a group of people who are different and united by Jesus. So I do see God doing that in our church. And I've heard some that's really good awesome, feedback man. over the past few months of like, from some people who have lifestyles who are very different than, what you'd expect from a traditional church-going hmm. person, mm-hmm. yeah, who have said that they don't feel judged at Peak City and they don't feel like a kind of a a passive-aggressive tone towards <laughs> people who are yeah. different than them, yeah, you know? yeah. And that's absolutely. that's a beautiful thing to hear and see. But I do think, just in general, because of the cultural climate we're in, everyone's walking on eggshells. Yeah. And if we're gonna if we're gonna really grow and really become the people that God's created us to be, we just got to be more comfortable to just engage in civil dialogue, have hard conversations. And know that it's backed up with truth and love, and you're going to be accepted. I know it's easier said than done, absolutely. But I actually think there's more people that want to do it these days than we know, than we understand. Oh, there's I just fatigue think from it. I yeah. think everyone's just tired. Mm-hmm. I think every, I think people don't know if they can, if they're going to be accepted on the other end. Yep. But I think there's more people within our congregation that want to have real, honest conversations that want to be in community and talk yeah. about this hard stuff. Yeah, absolutely. Then, then we then we understand. I think everyone's just so scarred by the past couple of years.
1: Yeah, and I, and I That's want to bring rough, it back man. to that whole in or out thing. Like mm-hmm. I think we just have to acknowledge if you're a believer, especially a part of the church, and you talk a certain way, it could make someone feel like, oh, I'm I'm out. You know what oh, I mean? Yeah. Because I don't absolutely, I don't, I I don't believe this about the election, or I don't believe this politically, or I yep. I prefer canes over Chick fil A. Am I still in in the Christian in the Christian world? Is that acceptable? Definitely out now. Yeah. I say that for you. It's controversial.
0: <laughs> if, if, if. <laughs> I have a I have a friend who owns a owns a Chick fil A here in town, runs it. So if you're listening to this, I, I don't 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 listen to this. Just press pause for a second,
2: and but please let us Cain's know in the show a, notes who you are.
0: Kanes is a superior chicken, and it's not even close.
2: Man, Ooh. That, he, shots
0: a, fired. Yep, I mean, come on, shots, shots fired. Cain's he can, he
1: stops chicken. there every Sunday on the way on the And way if you disagree church. with me,
0: let's have a civil conversation <laughs> about it.
1: Yes, that's right. Sorry, I derailed us, but seriously, no, I, that's like, great. When we talk certain ways, it Mm. makes people feel like I'm out because I didn't vote that way or Mm. I don't think that way or I I don't even know what I think, and Mm. you obviously do. So I think it's just really important that we acknowledge when we're out there in the world, man, you can make people feel excluded. And probably I had a a lady show up to Mm. church yesterday that said, I'm not a church person. This is my first time here. And, and the one word she used describing her situation was, I'm just feeling really unloved. And she wandered into Peak City. And I mean, that message yesterday. Was, oh my uh, I mean, I, I I invited her to come sit next to me and Angie, and I said, but well, just sit here with us. And great, great story there. But anyway, I, I she's feeling unloved, and we potentially have the opportunity to yeah. make someone feel loved, mm-hmm. not just today, mm-hmm. but literally for eternity in the way that we speak and absolutely, act. and in that to me I, I go let's stay awake you mm-hmm. know what i mean like let's pay attention because these interactions are happening every day and it's <laughs> so so easy to just conduct ourselves in the way act uh, you know i i'm convicted right now my son joined a bas- basketball team for the y every single one of the kids are peak city kids and i'm like crap. <laughs> like, <laughs> like this is an opportunity to like meet other people mm-hmm. and engage with other people. And I'm like, okay, we now need to be a light. All those parents mm-hmm. that are peak city parents need to be a light, at the gym, at the YMCA, mm-hmm. like just stay awake and know mm-hmm. that exclusion people can and easily feel excluded. Some of them want to feel excluded because mm-hmm. they want stones to throw at us. So yeah. let's work really hard That's to break real. that down.
0: And we are, I mean, we got called call for what it is. Churches like ours christians like us that are tr- they're at least trying to be aware of this battle we are fighting an uphill battle oh, oh yeah i mean there are i love all of our fellow believers and all, all of our fellow churches out there but y'all there's some churches out there that are making this way harder than it has yep. to be and the ones i have to deal with on the back end are churches like ours where people come in and they assume well you're like every other church right. it's picketing, you know, gay funerals. You're like every hey, yeah. church is doing this and it's like Exactly. Man, I know that's what you see in other churches and I wish I could say is why I hate I hate telling people I'm a pastor always. Right. It's the worst worst line at any party. Yeah. The minute you say bus you're a pastor. You're it's bus a buzzkill. Yeah, yeah, it's like, "Oh, crap. All right. <laughs> yeah, sorry for what I said in the past 30 <laughs> minutes." <I'm> like, <laughs> that's the line you're yeah, like, "It's exactly. exactly for it what I said earlier." Excuse like, my French. Like, <laughs> yeah. But oh, yeah, I mean, it's gosh. just like we're fighting an uphill battle, but it's a worthy battle and if Christians like us and churches like ours don't engage in that battle for the next 50 years yep. then the culture will never have a different view right but i see I, I see the tides turning man i think there's a lot of great churches out there that are starting to see it and are having these conversations and we're trying to be better trying to love better
2: and i, I think good things are coming yeah yeah I and agree. i think you know learning to have a open-handed faith in terms of using that like image or metaphor mm-hmm. versus tight-fisted yeah. you know it's hard because yeah. if someone's like well what's Jesus and they're like you're trying to be like well if you don't believe what I believe and you gotta like fit into this box I, I agree with your assessment that people are finding out that like I actually don't want to live that way mm-hmm. I think I want to live with a more open handed and it it's accepting in the sense of like you said you can have civil conversations Yeah, it's okay to disagree yep. um, and again I don't know how you guys feel about this but I I feel like this might be worthy of a, of a part two uh, for us to dive back into I this because I think it's a really big, I can see it. big big topic <laughs> You know what I mean it's a possibility part two might be coming part two might dropping it keep your eyes on the show notes love you guys peak city midweek this might have a part
0: two stay tuned